to the Homeschool Works podcast, the show where we break down the research from the fields of neuroscience, psychology, and education to give you tangible takeaways to power your homeschool. I'm Katherine Gomes, a second-generation homeschooler and author of Apologia's Exploring Creation with Mathematics program. And I'm joined by my mom, Dr. Deborah Bell, an author, speaker, educational psychologist, and homeschool guru. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us. First off, I want to say thank you for all you have done to support this podcast. Now that we're in season three, we're seeing a much bigger reach. It's just so exciting. And we know it's because of our listeners who have been sharing episodes, reviewing, uh, promoting it. So we just really appreciate you and thank you for doing that. The next thing I want to say is that we're piloting a new format in this episode. We're calling it a skinny. It's going to be a shorter episode and we're just looking at one specific idea from neuroscience and giving you ways that you can apply it to your homeschool. So in this one, it's spaced repetition, and we have a few more skinnies coming your way. If you like this format, let us know, and we will take that feedback into account. I'm excited to be in the studio here with you to talk about spaced repetition because this is one of my favorites and I've just seen it be so effective. But can you start us off by just telling everyone what spaced repetition is or what we're referring to when I say that? Yes. And I think this is going to really help our listeners because I think it's um, a relatively new understanding of how memory works and how learning occurs and it's counterintuitive. So space repetition, in a nutshell, means that we students deepen their learning and understanding and make more durable c- cognitive connections uh, with information if there are breaks. Like if you are working on the uh, content knowledge or the skills uh, that you are learning, um, you do not learn it very deeply or very well or very durably if you're just trying to learn it, learn it, learn it, and then you move on to something new. It's much better to learn about, say, the uh, underlying causes of the age of exploration in history, and then you do something else. You take a break uh, and you cycle back to it later in the day or the next day. Sleep is a big part of space repetition. And then you relearn it. So actually, there's a really profound uh, uh, element in space repetition where the actual forgetting of what you learned the day before and then having to retrieve it and re-memorize it or relearn it and rethink about it reinforces that understanding. So yeah, I know I, that you know a lot about this from working on your math curriculum and being a math teacher. It's It really came probably out of the math domain. Yeah, I go over this concept with every class I teach, whether I'm at my co-op or online teaching SAT or ACT math prep. I, so sort of it's my anti-cramming speech, but I just explain to students that your brain is not designed to sit down in one big setting and do four hours of anything, you know, definitely not math, but not AP French, not, you know, it's just not how 
We're designed to process information. And I think a lot of students see it when they try it, but it's, it's one of those things where um, you, you can kind of nod your head, but to actually put it into practice makes a huge difference to have a good night's sleep in between to do, you know, a certain amount and then put it aside and come back to it. And I love what you said about relearning, because I think for parents in particular, our kids forgetting stuff can be discouraging to us. Or I know I've definitely heard moms like they forgot it all. Right. But I've just tried to normalize like that's fine. That's part of learning. And then you're going to relearn it and the neural pathway will be strengthened and you'll know it better once you do that process. Yeah. And another element here too, Kate, is switching to something else. So it's, uh, so you, you're doing math. So this is sort of, um, a case I've always wondered like why in school we divide the day into all the different subjects. And even when I homeschooled you kids, I kind of dismantled that, but understanding or this discovery from uh, neuroscience really kind of makes the case for kids doing their math, moving to something like social studies, um, and then coming back to their math, you know, the next morning and first reviewing what you learned the day before. And then when you go to social studies, review what you did the day before. And I think not just for parents, helping them understand that forgetting is normal, but also being able to empower students by saying forgetting is part of the process that, um, so that's part of what we've discovered is this retrieval of previous learning, the actual effort that goes into, wait, what, what, how did she explain this difficult math concept yesterday? What was the illustration that the teacher used? What was that formula? Like, uh, not giving that to your students, but letting them struggle and try to come up with what had been taught or presented the day before is a huge part of the learning process. You do not want to take that away from them. I think that's a problem teachers and parents make is just, we think, oh, I'll just tell them because we're in a hurry. So one more point here with space repetition, it's it's time management, right? Like you said, you can't cram. Yeah. There. you. I just, you know, you want to think about it in terms of, okay, we know more now about how our brains work. So once we know that design, you need to design your school week, your school program around the constraints of your brain's design. And so you can't cram. It's just you're not able to process the information like that. And so you need to set up a daily schedule or a weekly schedule that works with your brain strengths, not against it. And so, you know, I mean, math, I'm always telling students every day, even if it's a little bit. Um, when they have a really challenging assignment for me, I'm thinking of my co-op class, like, um, these, we do these open-ended problems. I'll tell them like set a timer, sit down, work on it for this long. If you haven't solved it by then stop and don't look at it again to the next day, because I have students, you know, well, I worked on it for three hours. I couldn't solve it. No, like you probably had half an hour of effective work. And after that, your brain, you know, you had exhausted what your brain was going to be able to do that day. And so now you're wasting time and you need to give yourself a break. AIM Academy provides online classes for homeschool students under the leadership of my mom, Deborah Bell. She started it when she saw the need for pre-AP online classes to better prepare kids to earn college credit in high school. 
Since then, it has expanded broadly to include more than 100 classes in all subject areas for elementary, middle, and high school students. I've taught SAT math at AIM Academy for almost a decade, and it continues to be a delight. I love the math I get to teach, but I also love each new group of fascinating students that I work with. Now I'm experiencing the other side of things as an AIM Academy parent. My kids took their first AIM Academy class recently, and it was so much fun. I farmed out a subject that isn't a natural passion of mine. Now they have a teacher who is passionate and experienced in that area. My kids love the outside feedback and recognition from someone other than me. And I love the extra accountability that means our work will get done. Whether you're looking for a full slate of classes or just a few subjects to supplement your program, I highly recommend that you check out AIM Academy today at DebraBell.com. Okay, so let's talk about some practicals, how parents can you know, use spaced repetition in their homeschools. I think parents need to realize that spaced repetition, which means that you're it's sort of like two steps forward, one step back, two steps forward, one step back sort of routine. Or like layering. I like to think of it as like layering and overlaps a little bit each day? Yes. So I think that's the importance of reviewing at the beginning of each day, but it's not the parent telling the kid what we learned yesterday. It is the kid having to tell mom or dad what she studied yesterday, and we commend what they're able to retrieve, right? And and we because it's the retrieval, uh, the struggle In fact, one of the things I was reading today in preparation was how important effort is to learning Mm. that um, we that um, deep learning, durable learning is effortful. So, again, I think that helps kids when they know, like, oh, this is really hard. And I see that a lot that AIM Academy where kids and then sometimes parents want to drop out of a class because it's hard. And I think that that can be a misunderstanding about what what real learning looks like. I, it, it does. You don't want it to be There's so a hard. Stretch. It's not a. It's not a leap like a complete leap to a whole new level. But there should be some sense of stretch or push to get there. Yeah, and I can remember with you, Kate, uh, in your homeschooling, um, just being frustrated when things were hard. And having to really kind of uh, talk yourself into it being worth the effort because it was important to you. I mean, I, I think you, I saw it in you learning math. I mean, some of it was you didn't have a lot of support and you had to figure a lot out on your own. But it's also, it, it, you know, rich learning is, is difficult, at least at some point. And I think knowing that process can help kids as students, like, Um, I'll use Arabic. I think is like a great example is like day one, you're just drowning. Everything's in Arabic. I can't read any of the letters. I don't know any of the words and that feeling of like, I'm so lost, but then starting to be able to pick out certain words or certain phrases or even recognize a letter. And then eventually, Oh, I'm recognizing more, recognizing more. I remember that process and I remember that feeling of initial panic. And so if I do have to learn something, totally new, I now have sort of, um, 
a category for like, okay, this is how something I'm learning new feels at first. And I've even used that with my students, um, you know, whether it's in a math book or in a class. Okay, we're about to learn this. The first time you see this, it's probably going to be a little overwhelming. It has some, I'll even be like, it has some shock value, right? But I'm like, just hang in there by Thursday or Friday. You'll start to sort of feel like you have some ground under your feet. So um, I think kids knowing that. Um, I think the other thing to to let kids know is that they will begin to accelerate. So this is not like, so um, spaced repetition is really important at the beginning of learning some kind of new skill or some kind of new concept, some kind of new abstraction. And that's where you have to do all of this relearning, reviewing, taking a break, sleeping on it. You know, our brains consolidate what happened. What the learning that takes place during the day is consolidated in our brains while we're sleeping. Like that's all part of, of the approach to new learning. But once you start to then learn at this deeper level, you will start to see acceleration. Like, I wonder if you experienced that. I know uh, when you started out as a math major, you had to do all that calculus just to even get into the program because we had not anticipated <laughs> you being a math major and you didn't do calculus at all. I don't think you might have. I wouldn't know um, before you went to college. No, I, but didn't, when, I didn't secretly do calculus, Mom. <laughs> okay. <laughs> was it like, okay. Is that what wish, you meant? No, wish, I, yeah, I didn't. Wish, wishful thinking on my part yeah that was drowning um it does get easier I think I like that you said this is like the new the new part I also think sometimes learning is a little bit like getting in shape so I'll use reading as an example you know during the summer months we have that big gap kids lose ground when we come back to school we do reading in our homeschool every day we do all about reading which reviews words first like you're saying you know it starts with kind of reviewing what you did before and um it's just spaced and then they start to they have breaks and then they'll get a good night's sleep and the next day it clicks or maybe day three they finally understand that new rule we were learning, but eventually they can read and they start to take off and they have that framework underneath them. Um, and now there's a new subject maybe that it's more important to prioritize spaced repetition. So I, I will say there's always like a balance here right now with young elementary students, we are prioritizing our daily time for math and reading and sometimes we do like a marathon history afternoon, um, not because it's ideal, but just because it's what happens. But then that varies. Uh, writing kind of came onto the scene more this past year for my oldest. And so now we're like a little more intentional about we have to write a little bit every day. So whatever is like the newest area is the main area that we're, we're making sure we're hitting and giving breaks um, and not doing like a big session of. <laughs> and, and I think, um, you need to know too that this really applies to skill areas mm -hmm. more so than you used history as an example. So um, this is another topic, but our brains are designed to uh, crave stories and to organize according to narratives. So when you're studying history, kids can probably go for a couple hours if they're interested because history is has the 
format of a story. The same with literature, where you've got characters, you've got a plot, and you have a progression, a time progression. That's just a lot easier for for us as human beings to process a lot of information if it's put into a narrative form, which yeah. is we should maybe do a skinny on skills narr- versus content <laughs> narratives or, or and- just yeah just the whole story thing because do you remember when we did uh, i had you read the biographies of famous mathematicians yeah that's one way to convert something like a skills-based uh content area like math into a more easily digestible form yeah and i just want to add um a few practicals about math with spaced repetition um just to give listeners some concrete things so we do math facts every day a part of apology is the apology of math skills practice so we spend like five to ten minutes every day and this always amazes me how spaced repetition works because day one day two even week one my student my students my kids won't know the facts but if we just are consistent it suddenly clicks and every time it happens i'm like wow this works um and the other thing i do i'm always kind of telling parents this at co-op is when they can't think of a fact i it's not guess isn't the right word i try to see if they can get there and even if they get it wrong before they flip over the flashcard, that's that retrieval that you were talking about mom it's really important not to just say Oh, well, it's 56. It's really important for them to be like, oh, seven times eight, I think that's 42. And then you can kind of talk to them, well, why did you think that's what it was? Now look at the answer. And that's really strengthening um, that connection. That's all we have for you today. You can find my mom, Dr. Deborah Bell, at DebraBell.com. And you can find Catherine on Facebook at Catherine M. Gomes or on Instagram as Homeschool Math Mom. Her math books and my homeschool planners are available at Apologia.com. If you have a moment, please review our podcast wherever you like to listen to podcasts. We'd really appreciate it. It makes a big difference in other homeschoolers finding us. Thanks for joining us. And remember, you've got this.